0: So, the big question is this, how are pitching coaches like us, who aren't lazy and driven by our ego, who actually care about getting every player better, how do we coach in a way that lets us break free from the status quo, see things differently, and impact each one of our players for the better, all while changing the landscape of this game? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andy Powers, and welcome to the Pitching Secrets Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Andy Powers, attorney at law, former NASA astronaut, and part-time stuntman. And I also hold the Guinness Book of World Records for the most bullcrap titles that one person can hold, okay? And, you know, but there is one title, though, in all honesty, that, uh, that I do hold. Uh, and it was a title that I wasn't expecting to hold nearly as soon as I did. And that was the title of Coach. I'm sure that uh, many of you listening to this right now might be able to relate to my story or at least understand it a little bit better. But I want to take you back uh, to when I was in high school. I was very fortunate. I was part of uh, probably one of the best uh, private travel organizations in the country. This is when travel baseball was, was just really kind of getting started. Uh, and I was in Kansas City. Uh, at the time, and and, uh, and and like I said, played for one of probably the top organizations uh, in the country and surrounded by unbelievable talented players. Uh, many of them have gone on to uh, be very successful professionally. One of them uh, is even currently the uh, assistant gen- uh, general manager for the Texas Rangers. Uh, and then there was this other guy that we had. His name was Albert Pujols. And uh, so, anyways, I was surrounded by a bunch of really, really good players, great coaches. Uh, we achieved a lot, and uh, from a pitching standpoint, uh, you know, I remember having uh, conversations with with my coaches. Uh, one of them in the in the College Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, going into my senior year, talking about how uh, through their conversations they had had with scouts uh, and whatnot, that um, there was a there was a, a real chance that uh, I could be a a very high draft pick, maybe as high as maybe the third round. And um, so they started to explain to me, you know, all the different processes. At that time, I had signed a a very good scholarship to go play at the University of Missouri. I was very comfortable and excited about being able to do that. And when it came time, as we got closer to the draft, I was probably talking to about half of the teams in Major League Baseball, uh, trying to figure out, you know, my signability. And as it turns out, uh, my signability was very um, difficult, if you will. I uh, I was very confident in who I was and what I wanted to do, and I was okay with uh, with uh, if they didn't uh, come to my terms because then I was just going to go to Missouri, go go pitch in the Big Twelve for three years, um, and make myself even more valuable, and it was going to cost them more money uh, in the next draft. That was the plan, anyways. And so, long story short. Uh, didn't go professional, went to Mizzou, uh, and that's when uh, things really started to kind of go backwards uh, for me uh, quickly. Um, got uh, got dealt some, some information and, and whatnot that really didn't work uh, for me, and, and it caused uh, things to go kind of in a tailspin. Uh, got hurt. After two years, decided that I needed a change of, of environment, so I asked for my release. I was given it, and I transferred to the University of New Mexico. Um You know, it went kind of from a bad situation to worse, and uh, didn't get any better there. And eventually had the final blow, the injury, where um, I I injured my elbow. I was a candidate for Tommy John surgery. I did not have it. The reason why is because by the time that we were able to determine what had happened, uh, it was about a month afterwards, and I remember my orthopedic telling me that Putting your elbow back together now would be like trying to sew back together a wet paper bag. But I think we can rehab it. And so that's what we did. And I was able to recover, able to salvage a little bit of a college career. Uh, I can still throw a baseball today, uh, but it's never been the same. And so I tell you that story because I went from being one of the top pitchers in the country to... At one point, not even being able to literally throw the baseball, I had the yips. It uh, it was bad. It sucked, and it happened in a very short time frame. And and so it you know it really, it really challenged me to sit here and go, how did I go from such a high to an incredible low uh, in this game? What happened? Because uh, I've always tried to be a student of the game, try to learn the game, understand myself, um, all those things that. Uh, you know, from a coaching side that, uh, that I want in a player. And so I started to dive into the mechanics, the, the biomechanics, the, 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 bio the, the content philosophies and stuff of, of pitching, trying to really start to understand it. And there's a lot of things that I recognized and, re- and learned that uh, when I look back on the things that I was doing, uh, were so actually backwards and contradictory to what uh, advances in science and, and, and technologies and and everything had had uh, taught us, and we're still learning about a lot of it today. But The goal is to try to be more right today than you were yesterday, and I hope that that's what your philosophy is as well. You don't have to make massive changes. You don't need to have this philosophy today and then hear something new and then completely change your philosophy and go in a different direction tomorrow. In fact, I strongly encourage you not to do that because if you start doing that with your players, they are going to not trust you. They're, they're not going to know um, what we're going to get today. I do encourage you to continue to keep learning, though, and, and take little nuggets. Take little things that you learn. Maybe something that you hear from, from me or this podcast or something you learn from another coach or one of your mentors and whatnot, and, and then see how you can fit that into what you believe in. How does it fit into your content? If you're, if you're a very open book in terms of really always trying to learn something new and there's no ego involved in it, uh, first of all, I'd give you a pat on the back and a high five because that is awesome. And you know as well as I do if you've been around this game for any period of time that uh, that's not really always the case. In fact, sometimes that seems to be very much in the minority to have somebody that open-minded and, and willing to uh, learn and, and accept new content uh, concepts uh, for the true benefit of just trying to help players instead of uh, making it about yourself so i would really encourage you to take little pieces of content things that you've learned things that make sense to you or even if it doesn't quite make sense to you but you trust the source that it's coming from to try to figure out how do you make it your own how do you implement it into what it is that you do and how do you then translate that to your players. That is the cornerstone and the makings of a very good coach. And I will tell you, don't be afraid to get it wrong. Don't be afraid to get it wrong as long as you are paying attention and you're willing to course correct. That's what your players need. It's not about having to be right all the time. Lord knows, I've made a ton of mistakes. Even after all of the the uh, the information and, and studying and learning that I've done over the course of my years, I, I, I still make a ton of mistakes. The, core, the key is is are you willing to accept and acknowledge that you made a mistake? Furthermore, are you willing and able and uh, to accept and acknowledge to your players that you made a mistake, and here's what we're going to do instead? That's leadership. Okay, your players will respect that. I promise you, they will. And that that may not sit well with you. You may be sitting there thinking to yourself right now that, well, if I tell my players I was wrong, then they're not going to listen to me anymore. They're not going to um, be willing to do what I tell them to in the future because they're going to be sitting there thinking, well, he's probably wrong again. Uh, and I would say that. That you're wrong about that thinking, okay? And I and and think about it from a different perspective. Let's say if you're the pitching coach, uh, so you've got a head coach who you know is uh, in the in the hierarchy and everything. He's the person that that you answer to, okay? If he makes a decision, whether you realize it to be wrong or right at the time, it, you do it because that's what he asks you to do. If if it turns out to have been the wrong decision, and that head coach turns around and acknowledges to you and says you know what I made a mistake that that wasn't wrong or here's what we're going to do instead are you sitting there saying that you're not going to listen to that head coach anymore or are you sitting there saying you know what I respect the hell out of that guy you know I knew it was wrong at the time and I'm, I'm uh, and I knew I'm glad that he uh, acknowledged it stepped up I, I, I can I can I respect that or maybe you didn't know it was wrong at the time and you know what that we're going to go forward with it and you know what? yeah it didn't work out the way we wanted it to now we're going to go in this direction. I, I, my point is this, is that if, 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 you, if you acknowledge your faults, if you acknowledge your shortcomings, people will respond to it in a positive way, even though it may not seem like they will. And so that's, that's the big key here that I would encourage you to do is to constantly be learning. If you're teaching the same things today that you did five years ago, you're a dinosaur you're outdated the game is is changing too fast now for for you to be teaching the same way you did five years ago now is it am i saying that the the some of the things that you uh... that you are teaching or your philosophy is outdated or wrong not necessarily i mean there there are certain core fundamentals of this game that 150 years ago were in place and hundred fifty years from now they're still going to be in place now there may be new ways to describe it there may be new ways to instruct it or teach it there may be new ways and drills to um, achieve it or to uh, you know have the player experience what it is we're trying to do and that's the things that you want to make sure that you're up to date on as best you can but then there's going to be other things that are completely new uh, based off of the the science technology the the sensors that people are putting on the high-speed cameras that people are using um, just all of the things that we didn't have necessarily even five years ago, that we do have today, all of this stuff is revealing new information to us. And if you really want to be able to perform uh, at the top of your game, which is why I think you're listening to this podcast to begin with, is because you want to achieve greatness. You want to be uh, as as talented and as good of a, a pitching coach as you can. You know what I call that world class pitching coach? That you want to be that guy. And whatever it is that you're doing, you want to be performing at that level. If, you know, if you're know you in college baseball, you want to be one of the best pitching coaches in college baseball. At the high school level, one of the best in your state, if not for sure your your district, whatever. If you're in youth baseball, you want to be the top guy in, in the league there. You want everybody to want to have to come play for you. Whatever it is, hopefully you're listening to this because that's who you want to be. We're going to help get you there, no doubt about it. And... You've got to have that open mind to be looking. Now, I would I would encourage you to not just blanketly accept anything that everybody says. That was part of my downfall as a player. I got to I I was I was like I said at the beginning. I was very fortunate to be around some of uh, the 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 best baseball coaches available when I was you know coming up in that in that private organization, and I gave immediate credibility and status to. The guys that I went to in college, because my my first of all, I was never one to to go against the grain in that stuff, but the other part of it was that I just sat there and just kind of uh, assumed that well, if you're coaching at the Division One Big Twelve level or something, then that must then that means you must really know what you're talking about. And it just so happens that that's not always the case. At least it wasn't for me. That's not to say that nobody else on our pitching staff was successful. They were. The point was is that it didn't work for me. And I think that that's the other point that I want to make today for you as a coach, is to not forget that everybody is different. I was very fortunate in my early coaching career uh, because I actually went back and coached with that organization uh, after college. Uh, and I, I remember that one time we held a, a hitting camp, a two-day hitting camp with Gary Ward, the great Gary Ward legendary coach. He was the head coach at Oklahoma State for many years. Um, you know if you don't know who Gary is, I definitely encourage you to kind of look him up and get an idea. But you know, probably one of the, the, the you know, outside the box thinkers, if you will, one of the top hitting guys probably that's ever been uh, in this game. Hardcore, I mean he was you know, he was just a legend in, in so many ways. And anyways, we were in between sessions uh, during our lunch break uh, on day one of the camp, and so myself and a few of the other coaches that were there helping with the camp were there, and we were just sitting all talking to to Gary and all that. And I remember one of the things that he said, and it stuck with me. Uh, it just it's always stuck with me because I, I I thought this was this is definitely a, a piece of what it takes to be a great coach. Is what he said is that you have to be able to say the same thing six different ways. Because not every player is going to understand it the, the if you say things just in one way. And I thought that that was so profound and it made so much sense to me because it took me back to my playing days. In that I could remember hearing our coaches tell our pitching staff one thing. And, and you know, I did my best to really try to understand it. But you know, sometimes if they would have just said something possibly in a little different way, it would have registered with me even more. And that could have helped me, could have helped them as a, you know, as the coach and it could have helped our pitching staff. Um, So one of the things I would really encourage you to do as you're learning all of these things is to do your best to try to find multiple ways to say the same thing, because every player on your team is going to be different. But if you can get to all of them the most effective way possible to also still redirect to that same common goal you got a real real chance of being successful over time I promise you that you're going to find a certain way to say things that you have found in your experience to be uh, the, the one way that most everybody understands but until then you need to have those backups and even when you do find that way that most people understand you still need to have those other backups in your back pocket because you're still going to have from time to time those guys that are going to sit there and say I'm not real sure what you're talking about. And so you need to have those backups for you. That's what it's that th- this is the foundation of what it's going to take to start on your journey for for being a coach. Hopefully there's a lot of these things that you already are doing. This is already part of you and if you if this is then you're, you're on your way. Then it just becomes a matter of continuing to gain your experience, a matter of continuing to learn new, new ways and strategies to do things. Uh, but if this is still something that is, uh, you know, some of these ideas and concepts today are something that's still very new to you or, you know, you never really thought about it this way or heard about this stuff, that's okay too. Don't feel like that what you've done up to this point has been totally wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you've done that aren't. So, but, but just know that starting today, now that you've heard this, and this was another thing that Gary Ward said to us that day at lunch, is he said that if it, you know, the first time I tell a guy what I need him to do, he's accountable for it. But if it takes me a thousand times to tell him before he gets it, that's my job as a coach. Now, I don't have to like it, but that's my job as a coach. And that's what Gary said. And so I want to tell you the same thing. You've heard this information now today. So now you're accountable for it. If you go out later today or tomorrow or this weekend coming up and you're working with your guys and you're still doing the same things that you've been doing, that's on you, man. But if you're already actively now trying to approach things in a little different way, then you're on your way. You're accountable for this now. Now, if you need to to listen to this podcast a thousand more times, if you need to keep listening to other things that that I'm putting out or what other guys are doing and, and talking about and learning from that's okay too. you have gotta always be trying to grow the body the brain wants to be challenged and when you add a little resistance to it that's what helps you to grow and become stronger so don't don't uh, don't worry about that part of it okay but now you need to go out and start approaching things in this way and uh, and I promise you you're gonna see the difference in your players you're gonna see the difference in yourself you're gonna really enjoy um, the process of, of of all of this and what happens because the results of it are so so sweet. All right, so hey, I hope that uh, that you like that. Do me a favor, I, you know this. It's a it, giving you you know this podcast. It's free and all that. The only thing I ask in return is if you liked it. You know, give me, you know, give me a comment, give me a, a, a like, give me a five-star review, uh, share this with people so that what we can do is we can make sure that this continues to climb the list on popularity for, for this kind of, uh, in this subject matter, so that more people are going to be exposed to this information sooner, and we can truly have a positive effect on this game, okay? All right, man, I hope that uh, you enjoyed that. I know that I did. I always love talking about this stuff, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pitching Secrets Podcast. If you want to learn more secrets to enhancing your pitching coach abilities and add to your playbooks all while breaking free from the current status quo of today's coaching, then I want you to join me in my movement to becoming a pitching boss. To start, I'd like to give you a free 3-day masterclass for pitching coaches. In this masterclass, we will take a deep dive together on arm care, creating your daily routine, and developing your pitching staff rotation. Go to bullpensecrets.com forward slash masterclass and sign up to get started today.